And speaking of, this is the soapbox for the week of June 20th, 2021. July 1st marks the halfway mark for 2021, which in and of itself is noteworthy since a year ago. It felt like it took decades to get to this point. Suddenly, 2021 is moving at warp speed for many of us, which is a good thing, as it indicates a return to American normalcy, which we're seeing from coast to coast. Parents are getting in fights on Little League fields again. People are angry over cereal that celebrates Pride Month, and the fact that it's 100 degrees in June is somehow news once again. See? Normal. America has resumed being angry, upset, and worried about stupid stuff rather than a pandemic, which is all good news. So why not take a moment to take stock of where we are, where we've been, and where we're headed? After all, now that we don't really have COVID to consume us, although many will make sure we still fear it for a long, long time, we can all turn our attention to the myriad of things wrong with the nation in each of our eyes. Remember that? Remember how back in 2019, we would all bitch about stuff that we hated within our culture, society, and politics, and then we would do absolutely nothing to change any of the things we're upset about? Ha <laughs> ha! We're back, baby! Let's start with money, and how little of it you're going to have soon. Oh, sorry, too much right out of the gate? Well, too bad. Inflation is soaring, meaning everything you buy is more and more expensive, while your paycheck remains mostly stagnant. As Americans hit the road this summer, they're going to discover that whatever they budgeted for their vacation isn't nearly enough. And for some reason, we pay more attention to how much things cost when we're having fun than we do in our day-to-day lives. I know that seems counterintuitive, but actually, multiple studies have shown it's true. It's probably some sort of self-sabotage mechanism that's built into us as a way to always ruin an otherwise great time. I don't know. Either way, there's no end in sight, and it's one more nail in the coffin of America's middle class. The upper class, of course, absorbs inflation. We actually profit from it in the long run, but those on the edge suffer mightily, and many are going to fall off in the latter half of 2021. Which, believe it or not, brings us to immigration... Sorry, I mean migration, which is the new politically correct, super soft and polite term for what we long ago called illegal aliens crossing into America and sucking off the teat of those of us working our asses off. Just last month, There were 180,000 illegal crossings at our southern border. That's what we know of. 180,000. In just one month, the entire population total of both Roseville and Rockland, California combined came to America and were set free within our borders with no consequences, no tracing, and no hope of ever forcing them back home. Now, this is all shielded, of course, under the guise of America being compassionate, when the truth is that such lunacy will further bankrupt this nation and cost those of us born here and those who legally became U.S. citizens. There's nothing hateful or racist about pointing out that it is simply unsustainable to continue to financially support millions of people in perpetuity that have no business being in this country in the first place. We have countless citizens living in their cars or worse, and yet the lunatic fringe of the Democratic Party are demanding that we swing open the gates, lay out the welcome mat, and continue to throw buckets of water onto our already sinking ship. It's nothing more than a continuation of the criminal behavior that was wrought on us for the past year vis-a-vis COVID. It's just in a new form. Oh, and speaking of the virus, let's start by thanking and congratulating all of our liberal friends for leading the way to herd immunity. You can call them whatever names you feel like you have to, but let's acknowledge 
that herd immunity is a good thing for all of us, regardless of how we got here. And we are there. Just because political and health officials won't say it out loud doesn't make it any less true. Like everything else related to COVID, you only need your eyes and some common sense. With close to 70% of the eligible population vaccinated and approximately half of the unvaccinated already ripe with antibodies from having had the virus, America has made it. No less than Dr. Marty McCary of Johns Hopkins, who's been widely respected by both sides of the political aisle over the past year, has said as much. And he's right. For America, the pandemic is over. For the rest of the world, it rages. Of course, none of that is stopping the fear porn that is the media and the drama queens amongst us who will continue to wear masks for no goddamn reason and constantly wring their hands in fear of anyone with a sniffle. Yes, variants are a legitimate concern if they're allowed to circulate amongst a large enough group of unprotected people. And yes, the virus could gain strength and become a concern again. But guess what? Those UFOs that no one is talking enough about could also deliver an alien race ready and able to obliterate us, so why don't we all just get back to living? And speaking of the UFOs, the Pentagon will release the report this week, which members of Congress who have been briefed on what the report says describe its finding as, and I quote, something is going on that we clearly cannot handle, end quote. Ominous isn't a big enough word to describe what we clearly don't know. You know, 2021 started with the storming of the Capitol, and we all thought it was going to be a worse year than 2020. Suddenly, though, things have turned around, and people want to believe it's going to be an amazing second half of the year, but maybe our initial instincts were correct. Well, nothing could confirm that more than annihilation at the hands of aliens, or, I don't know, whatever they have that are similar to hands. And speaking of storming the U.S. Capitol, Tucker Carlson of Fox News is doing a great job of further ginning up the anti-government rhetoric, which will likely lead to something worse than January 6th, once we're all done hating each other. Carlson's latest claim is that the FBI infiltrated the crowd at the Capitol weeks prior to the insurrection, and essentially, to paraphrase his words, poured gasoline on the fire that led to the riots. Now, first of all, there is no tangible proof of that claim, although... I'll grant him the circumstantial evidence that he's presented is compelling, at the very least. The problem is that his conclusion is completely flawed. And it's just amazing to watch my friends on the right continue to turn on law enforcement and become further and further paranoid that only they, the patriotic flag wavers that they are, are the only true upholders of truth, justice, and the American way. If what Carlson claims happened did then it was nothing more than traditional American policing. You infiltrate an organization, earn their trust, and lead them to commit the crime they were already planning on committing. There's no one to arrest if you stop the crime before it actually happens. This is how we've brought down every mob, gang, and organized crime syndicate to date. There's absolutely nothing akin to entrapment, as Carlson tries to claim, but he sure does do a good job of making his already furious fan base even more enraged at anything remotely related to law and order, and the irony is palpable. And speaking of organized crime, and granted this will seem like it's out of left field, but stay with me, the new Law and Order show starring Christopher Maloney back in his character as Stabler, it's outstanding. I wasn't a fan at first, but that was my fault. 
because I was projecting onto it the traditional law and order template where each show is a standalone story of its own. But what they've done with organized crime, it's more indicative of a series like The Blacklist, which, by the way, continues to impress eight seasons in. It's more of an ongoing story arc, and it rings so true and so real, and the acting is so great. Big thumbs up. And speaking of The Blacklist, the answer is a qualified yes when asking if James Spader's Raymond Reddington character must die at the end of the show's run. Look, unless they reveal something surprising about his character that we don't already know, which is always possible with that show, the only fitting end for him is death. For that's how the story would end in real life. And since the show has gone to pains to present the very real side of the very dark world that we live amongst, they have to maintain their integrity and slay him in the final episode. Otherwise, they wind up in the ash heap of history with shows like The Sopranos and fail miserably to live up to their obligation and do the right thing with their lead character. And speaking of failing, does anyone really believe that President Biden is going to run for re-election in 2024 at the age of almost 82? I mean, he's hardly a spry and nimble 78 right now. And after four years of that job, if he makes it that long, it's hard to imagine America seriously considering him for another term. Which brings us to the failure that is Kamala Harris. Good Lord, talk about not ready for prime time. This woman is a walking mistake with nothing more than a nervous laugh to get her by. You know, thanks, but I didn't actually need to see how bad it would have been had we allowed Sarah Palin to occupy the office of vice president. Good God, is the Democratic Party seriously going to nominate her to run if Biden chooses not to? The only thing more ridiculous than that is the fact that she could literally be the president at any moment between now and whenever Biden leaves office. Frightening isn't a strong enough word. And speaking of being afraid, when you get a chance, can you please explain to me why so many people are so afraid of gay people and the entire LGBTQ plus community? I mean, seriously, look, you don't have to agree with or even support whatever it is that you view as their way of life or choices or however you absorb it. But this palpable fear of the entire plus crowd is just off the charts and seemingly more than ever. Have they just finally become too mainstream? Because that's kind of the sense that I get from the comments I hear and read. They seem to have achieved too much visibility and tolerance for some of you. You know, it's just like those pesky blacks who found their way onto your TVs and into your boardrooms. Jesus, jumped up Christ on a crutch. And speaking of crutches, the one I've been leaning on to allow me to meander my way through a series of totally unrelated thoughts here is about to break, so I'm going to end with this. I want to apologize in advance if I see you out in public and disgustedly laugh or shake my head in disdain at you for wearing a mask. I'm working on it. I really am. Like gay and minority people shouldn't bother you, your mask wearing shouldn't bother me, but it does. I mean, you're not hurting me in any way. And yet, I, I genuinely, I want to punch you. I won't, but I really want to. You're a fucking idiot. And I've never tolerated stupid people well. And additionally, you're a lemming engulfed in cowardice led by lies, power-hungry morons, and fear. It shouldn't bother me because you're the victim, not me, but it does bother me. And so I have this knee-jerk reaction of total contempt when I see you, and I often let it show, and I'm sorry. I really am but you're still fucking stupid. 